from West Virginia Public Broadcasting. Support for the legislature today is provided by AARP West Virginia, your ally for real possibilities in the Mountain State. Learn more at aarp.org wv. The Charleston Gazette-Mail, using its CGM app to deliver the latest news, traffic, and weather alerts, keeping you in the know while you're on the go. Lumos Networks, online at lumosnetworks.com. West Virginia University, online at wvu.edu. Orion Strategies, professional public relations, government affairs, creative services, and research and polling, with offices in Charleston, Buchanan, Martinsburg, Pittsburgh, and Columbus. Good evening and welcome to the legislature today. I'm Suzanne Higgins along with Dave Mistich. We've been following Senate action here all afternoon. Uh, Dave, the, the Senate received the uh, message from the House, their, their version of Senate Bill 451. The Senate leadership then uh, has unveiled their strike and insert amendment. Uh, that they've apparently worked on all weekend. Bring us up to date to what's, what's happening. That's right. So, you know, the Senate came in this morning. They, they did not receive the, the House message this morning. Uh, they came back shortly. I think it was uh, about just after 3 o'clock today. Uh, Senator Rucker, the, House, uh, the Senate Education Chair, unveiled this new amendment to the House amendment. Uh, basically, the, the, the two big ones that we need to point out here uh, are that education savings accounts have been reinstated for parents with students with special needs. Those are capped at 1,000. Um, charter schools are now capped at seven. Uh, also another cap in, within charter schools is that only two could be authorized per year. Those are the two big ones. There's some other changes in the bill, but those are the two provisions, two, two components of this bill that everyone's been following along all session, and that's what they've unveiled today. But there was uh, some contention on the floor on the part of minority uh, members, one after another stood up, points of order and um, some other details. Give us, let us know what's going on. Sure, uh, the big complaint that they had is that they did not have time to review this bill. Uh, there was some questions as to when it was entered into the system. Uh, at one point someone said an hour, Senator Carmichael said it was about 10 minutes before they got going with the floor session. Regardless of that time, the De Democrats argued that they had not had enough chance to review the bill. Uh, we'll take a look, quick look here at Senator Stephen Baldwin, a Democrat from Greenbrier County, asking questions of Senator Rucker on the Senate floor today. So, I, I mean, I know that you to be a very diligent lawmaker and a legislator, and I, I know you to be somebody who likes to take that process seriously, seriously and look through it. Um, do you think I should vote on something I haven't had the chance to see or read yet? That is obviously uh, a consideration you have to make for yourself. Would you do it? It would depend because I do trust uh, the chairs of some committees. There have been bills that I have voted without reading them fully. So I haven't even seen it yet. You know, it, it just came up in the system apparently, I guess maybe 15 or 20 minutes ago now. I've got a summary. I just heard a summary there. I assume it's still in the neighborhood of 130 pages. Um, and you th think that I should feel comfortable enough to go ahead and vote on it? 
Okay, um, from what my understanding is that there was access for all the members almost an hour ago with, again, a few changes that were made, just um, mostly technical. That, that's not what I understood from before. I, I believe the president told us it was available about 10 minutes ago, and that's been maybe five or 10 minutes there, ago. Um, there was copies of the bill made available to some in the staff of both sides. I, not to me. I've, I've not seen anything, and I hear our staff saying the same thing. Okay. Well, again, you would have to decide uh, what you would want to do in terms of your vote. Um, I fully intend to vote on this, yes. But you've had a chance to read it, right? Yep. I proposed the amendment, so yes. Right, and <laughs> I haven't had a chance to read it, and I can't imagine you would think that I should vote on something I haven't read. Okay. It wasn't a question, but okay. Are there other? And we heard from other Democrats, uh, Senator Mike Wolfel of Cabell County. He, of course, also objected to the amount of time that they had to review this bill. We'll take a quick look at what he had to say. You know, Mr. President, with all due respect, this is like legislation by ambush. Um, I don't know how the people of our state are going to benefit from this type of approach to a comprehensive reform bill. Um, I, I just I don't think that promotes the best interest of our youth. Thank you. And Dave, what were some of the other arguments against uh, supporting the amendment? Well, uh, uh, well, we had some we had some arguments from Democrats um, that obviously were opposed to it. Um, Republicans, you know, in the majority are in support of this. We should point out that we've yet to get to a vote yet. You know, the the Senate's set to go back in there. Um, we'll take a quick look at Senator Mike Romano of Harrison County. Uh, he's a Democrat. Here's what he had to say about the amendment to Senate Bill 451. I agree with my colleague from Cabell. Um, th this truly is uh, legislation by ambush. It's amendment by ambush. You know, and, and, and you know, I, I respect every one of you. I, I like every one of you. But there's no reason to push this out with 10 minutes to review. You all made the rule, and when I say you all, the majority party made the rule that required a one-hour advance filing of any amendments. We're breaking our own rule. But why would we do that? We'll get this done. You're going to get it done. I don't know why we want to show the public of West Virginia that we don't care about the process, that we care more about passing legislation that allows us to check off a box. I urge a no vote on the amendment. And then, of course, leadership uh, stood up in support of the amendment. We had heard from uh, the education chair a moment ago, uh, and then uh, the judiciary chair stood up in that, support. That's right. You know, and, and Senator Trump, he, he, one of the things he had argued for really early on was this non-severability clause. We should point out that that is still out of the bill uh, in the, the Senate's amendment to the House amendment. Um, we'll take a quick look at Senator, uh, or Senate Judiciary Chair Charles Trump and his support of Senate Bill 451. bill that left the Senate a couple weeks ago, 451, provided for unlimited charter schools in West Virginia. This amendment to the amendment does not. It places a hard cap of seven, seven charter schools throughout the entire state of West Virginia and a limit of two charter schools per year just two per year. You know, I can make the argument, and many have, that it, it's not enough choice. It, but it is, I think, crafted in an effort to compromise with uh, the House of Delegates to present to them something that they might be able to uh, garner a majority of their members to vote in favor of. So. 
And so, Dave, where does it stand now going well, into the, this evening? That's right. Well, we're waiting on the Senate to, to, to take up a vote on this. The House, we should point out, has adjourned until 11 a.m. Tuesday. That means that any further action on the House side will not take place tonight. So basically, whatever happens in the Senate this evening, that the, 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 evening, the evening's action will end here in the Senate. Um, the House, of course, whenever this gets back over there, they have the option to concur with the Senate's amendments or refuse and send the bill to conference committee. Um, I've heard a lot of delegates, there were some delegates that were making their way into the Senate this evening, uh, you know, right, you know, during this last floor session, asking about the, you know, tr trying to keep up the, the latest on this, this amendment. Uh, we'd heard that word had gotten back and that there is support for this to pass the House, that yet that we're, we're waiting on that to happen if and when it does happen. But the word even from, from Democrats um, should point out uh, 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 Sean Hornbuckle, Delegate Sean Hornbuckle, he's a Democrat, he's the minority vice chair of House Education, or minority chair of House Education. Uh, he, he was the one that said that he does, it's, it's understood that there is support for this to pass over there. Another thing we should point out this evening, uh, the American Federation of Teachers of West Virginia, the West Virginia Education Association, and the West Virginia School Service personnel uh, is, is holding a, a joint press conference uh, just outside the Senate chamber, and we will see what they have to announce. Um, you know, at 6 o'clock tonight. At 6 o'clock, yes. yeah, yeah. So we'll, 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 we'll get the latest out on that as soon as we can. But uh, basically, the action on the bill will stop in the Senate tonight. We'll go back to the House tomorrow to see what takes place but there is a lot of talk that there is support for this to go through whatever passes the Senate tonight. And there, there's, uh, um, again, we're back to, we can feel it over here in the Senate, some really, really hard feelings between, you know, how this has been uh, played out and the, and the maneuvering to get to where we are. That's right. And again, you know, the, like we've seen in the reason for this break, you know, that they took this evening, um, it was all come, came down to the Democrats wanting more time Again, this is, this is a huge piece of legislation. Um, going through every component, being able to see what, what came in uh, back into the bill, uh, what changed from the House. This is the first time that they've taken a look at it since this bill passed uh, at the beginning of, of, of some time ago. You know, uh, uh, more than, I think it was a couple weeks ago at this point. So um, really just trying to get an idea of, of where things stand. And um, it's going to be really interesting when, are we take, when are, this goes to vote here, but I think a lot of people are guessing the outcome over in the House at this point. So. All right. Thank you so much, Dave. We appreciate it. Great. It was Advanced Technology Center Day today at the Capitol when West Virginia's two Advanced Technology Centers were showcased. Randy Yoey reports. My dad had actually worked in the IT field, and he told me about all the job opportunities. Specializing in cybersecurity, network engineering student Nathan Matney is one of many on the fast track at West Virginia's only two advanced technology centers. At Pierpont and Bridge Valley Community and Technical Colleges, progress is about partnerships. Many in-demand programs like electric utilities, licensed practical nursing, and information technology offer 100% job placement. Students spend half of the time in the classroom learning the, you know, the academic components of the program and then the rest of the week they're at First Energy learning the traits of the job and it's, it's phenomenal. And at Bridge Valley you get a lot of hands-on experience, some of the classes are smaller and you have a workstation for each student. These schools are also helping turn around West Virginia's nationally leading student loan default rate. Many here graduate on Friday and start their high-tech jobs on Monday with the company covering any student debt. I work 
45, 50 hours a week trying to help pay for college. And after I found out that they are working on a bill to, to get rid of student debt, you know, I think that'll also kind of draw more students who want to go to college, you know, so they don't have to worry about finances. Bridge Valley and Pierpont both have about 98% in-state enrollment. Mountain State students keeping a close eye on the education reform bill. I asked these advanced technology students what in their West Virginia high schools would have better prepared them for college. Three out of four told me, better counseling. I found myself not being in, as informed about what different types of colleges there are. I had no clue. If they were more open and honest about the concepts that are discussed in college, and especially if they offered prerequisite courses for the more off-the-wall so off courses. We have an advanced, tech, uh, advanced manufacturing technology program that we partner with Toyota and some other companies that build a multi-skilled maintenance program. We started a natural gas measurement program that is an exciting program that uh, we have a lot of partners with the gas companies. Both schools offer some programs with flexible scheduling, so people with full-time jobs can get the needed training for transitioning to these growing technological service industries. For the Legislature Today, I'm Randy Yowie. Join us now are the Chair of the House Select Committee on Prevention and Treatment of Substance Abuse, Delegate Matthew Rohrbach, and the Minority Chair, Delegate Andrew Robinson. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having us. Um, it, this is a select committee. This is something new this year. What was the thought behind it? Um, and, and what has been your hopes after this first session? Well, the thought behind it is this is the number one problem in this state right now. Until we get this substance abuse problem under control, we can't move forward as a state. It's just that simple. Our state economy is totally tied up in this right now. If we don't get this back under control and get our workforce back where it should be, uh, we're just not going to get employers to move here. What do you think is the most significant, the most impactful piece of legislation that got through uh, your committee this session? Wow, can I give you several? Yeah. I think uh, sober living spaces. I think expansion of medical assisted treatment. Let's just talk, let's just talk about sober living spaces. Um, you know, with, with the stigma, with um, everything that, uh, that the, the misconceptions that people have, uh, with sober living spaces, it's often you will find in that community, not, not in my neighborhood. So, so what does the bill, uh, what does the bill do? And, and, you know, how do you address that kind of attitude still? Well, what the bill does is it takes into account that under federal Fair Housing Act law, we uh, cannot discriminate against people with substance abuse. So a lot of city and county ordinances can't apply. What these spaces do is they say, okay, if you don't, if you want to comply, then you can get state and federal funding. If you don't want to comply, then you don't. We don't want to shut sober living spaces down, but we want them safe. I don't want 20 people in a three-bedroom house as we have in some parts of this state. I want spaces that are hygienic and safe for occupancy for people that are undergoing 
uh, sober living type treatment arrangements. Do you think this will encourage more sober living homes? Because we've, we know that within the community, folks that are working in treatment and recovery will tell you there are not enough of these spaces. I think when you put some funding behind it, it usually uh, does have the effect of encouraging people to play by the rules. So these are new rules that hopefully will create an avenue for people to get funding, and but they're going to have to do it the right way. Uh, Delegate Robinson, I want to move this as quickly through as many of the different um, approaches that you're taking in terms of expanding access and treatment. Uh, one of the, the bills, an important bill that got through the House, is the Family Drug Court Program. Tell us briefly what that does. Well, I think uh, we all are somewhat familiar with how the drug courts are participating now. And we had, we were lucky enough to have Judge Thompson come in and speak to us and talk about some implementation of a family drug court that would do the same kind of process but for abuse and neglect cases would allow them to do in a, a family drug court, which would implement all aspects of the family. He said that he had instances where he was uh, talking to a juvenile and the parent was on the front steps, ODing on the steps of the courthouse. So this will allow him to bring in the entire family and work with them as a whole and try to improve the whole family dynamic while improving that for the juvenile and the adult. And that is over in the Senate right now. It's past the House. It's in the Senate. A couple other drug court related um, bills or at least, um, you know, services that are, are offered. I wanted to go through House Bill 3133 requiring parolees and probationers, probationers found to have suffered with addiction to participate in support services and then requiring participation in drug court program uh, before the discharge of certain first-time drug offenses. That's uh, Senate Bill 62. Also really important uh, um, follow-up services, uh, Mr. Well, Chairman. We've focused on four things is, is our committee. Prevention, treatment, harm reduction, and then the judicial aspect. And I do think that the, the two bills you just referenced more are in the judicial realm, but it's an attempt to say we want your treatment to be meaningful. That in, if you want to get expungement, if you want to get a clean record, you're, you're going to have to go through uh, certain avenues of treatment to get there. So I think the day when we just don't follow up on people is over with. We want the courts to follow up and we want at the other end of treatment a productive tax-paying citizen. Uh, Delegate Robinson, another really important bill that uh, is, is in your committee, was in your committee, House Bill 3132, Medication-Assisted Treatment Access. Can either one of you speak to that? I think Dr. Robinson. Well, I can, I'll gladly speak to that. Uh, what what uh, that bill is, is really going to allow the expansion of medical assisted treatment. What we hear over and over, and, I, and I'm a practicing physician, so I'm, I'm fairly well equipped with my medical friends. I don't do medical assisted treatment, but what we hear over and over are doctors in rural communities, they don't want to fool with the paperwork to be a treatment center but they say, you know, I've got 20, 30 people here in my community that I would like to treat. Those people would like to get treated in their communities rather than to have a drive of an hour or an hour and a half to Beckley or to Charleston or to Huntington. 
So this is an attempt to get local doctors to treat people and it also, if you can get things local, you're more apt to do it. Just mm -hmm. pure and simple. Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be easier for a patient to go to a doctor that they, you know, have a, a familiarity with, a connection with, and there's more confidential confidence yeah. there, com confidentiality. There's no, there's no doubt about it that that will help, and that's what we hear over and over from our rural doctors. We just like to treat our patients. And that's what that bill is an attempt to do. And um, I'm thinking, House Bill, now where, where is that uh, bill, 3132? Uh, just yeah. passed it out of the House. Pass. I believe it's uh, going to either first or second reading on the House floor. Yeah. Okay, terrific. Yeah. We'll be following that. Um, House Bill 2350, allowing APRNs with training to counsel um, folks that are, are being currently treated, the medication-assistant treatment. Again, that's a, another um, link in the system of being able to expand that uh, expand that treatment. Well, I think it, uh, we had a presentation from uh, Marshall University a year or two ago, and they expressed to us that MAT's very effective when it's accompanied by training or counseling along with the medication-assisted treatment. So if we can find more people to provide that treatment, we can expand that and be more successful at medical-assisted medical treatment. Uh, Mr. Chairman, if we could, again, you've, you've mentioned that you are a physician. Um, if we could speak more broadly to, you know, the, you know we, we, we've just looked at some of the key, um, this, the key pieces of coming from your committee, but then there's the governor, and the governor has his um, vision of what he's doing, and then there's the Senate. I mean, is there a coordination? What do you see happening? Um, are things linking? Are you interfacing with the governor's council on substance abuse and treatment? Very much. Uh, and I think Andrew will say that our very first meeting, we had the Office of Drug Control Policy uh, and Director Hansen come and give a presentation. We've met with the governor. We had a presentation about Jim's dream, which uh, actually is something I think can work in this state because at the end, when you get to the end of treatment, if you can't get a job, then it's not apt to stick. You're just going to go back into your old ways. So combining treatment with job and vocational training so you can come out at the other end with a skill to be able to get a job and be productive again, I think that makes all the difference in the world. So I can guarantee you that there's very much a coordination and, and I'm along with Senator Takubo on a national council now for substance abuse and we went to a meeting in the end of January in New Orleans about this and met with people from 22 other states to hear what they're doing and I am pleased to say that Actually, uh, we've got several things that I think we're kind of leading the way in, uh, and Jim's dream is one of them, uh, because we've got to tie vocational training into the treatment. And, and uh, to remind our audience about what Jim's dream, if you could give, you know, just the, uh, a highlight well, of that. Jim's dream is that as people are going through their outpatient medical-assisted treatment or abstinence-based treatment, then as part of that, they are going to undergo uh, an opportunity to participate in job skill training. So then when they're off treatment, then they'll have a skill that will make them employable. 
and as part of Jim's dream, if they go through this, they complete all the training, they complete the treatment, then their misdemeanors will be expunged. So again, they'll, they'll have a, a, a clean record and they can go out and hopefully get a job and be productive citizens again. And that hopefully will keep them from falling back into some of the traps that they fell into before. Okay, um, Delegate Robinson, in the, in the few moments that we have left, any final thoughts about the work of, of this committee um, or your hopes for the legislation that is over in the Senate right now? Well, I think it's very important to point out that uh, over the, the last two years that I served before this year, uh, it's been very difficult and, and very uh, a very difficult partisan uh, divide. And we've been able to get into this committee and I think be one of the more uh, productive committees bipartisan and we've pushed forward a lot of good uh, legislation and hopefully the Senate picks it up and runs with it. Sometimes that's out of our hand as much as we can come over and try to push it along. But uh, I think we've done very good work and, and I applaud uh, Delegate Rohrbach for leading us in that direction. Uh, Chairman Rohrbach, some final thoughts tonight. Well, I, I will tell you that we take this problem very seriously. Uh, we have a wonderful personnel in the Office of Drug Control Policy and Director Hansen, and uh, he and I and Andrew and, and the governor and, and, and the senators were serious about getting this problem turned around. So uh, we are starting to see some results in my community in Huntington, but we need more results. But I just ask people to stay with us because we're working as hard as we can work, and hopefully we're going to see some more results soon. All right, Delegate Matthew Roybach, Chair of the House Select Committee on Prevention and Treatment of Substance Abuse, and Minority Chair Delegate Andrew Robinson. Thank you both for joining us tonight. Thank you. And thank you for having us. Tomorrow on the Legislature Today, in addition to an update on the education bill, an in-depth report on multiple criminal justice reform bills. And we'll also be joined by the Commissioner of the West Virginia Division of Corrections and Rehabilitations. I'm Suzanne Higgins. For everyone here at West Virginia Public Broadcasting, thanks for joining us. Have a great evening.